Cannabis Connection. I'm your host, Christopher Carr. Tonight, we are blessed to be joined by Valerie Corral, co-founder and executive director of WAM, the Women Women's Alliance for Medical Marijuana. Welcome, Valerie. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Really appreciate you coming out tonight. This program is brought to you by Kind People's Collective. We thank Kind People's for their support. If you wish to support this program, please email today at the Cannabis Connection Show at gmail.com. So, to introduce our listeners, I want to read a, a quick little quote by Dr. Lester Greenspool. Spoon. For more than two decades, WAM has provided the world's best working model of a truly compassionate medical cannabis collective. WAM has also brought healing, relief, and integrative care to thousands of chronically and terminally ill members, many who otherwise could not afford this medicine, while helping to pass America's first statewide medical marijuana law. They even survived a DEA raid and successfully sued the federal government in response. Welcome, Valerie. Thank you so much. So let's start from the beginning. This is... Tell me a little bit about Valerie before Wham. Well, in the early 70s, I was born in a log cabin in the snow. No, (laughs) in the early 70s, I was in a car accident in um, Nevada and uh, out by Pyramid Lake, which is uh, on the drive to Burning Man, which a lot of people know about now. Uh, but at the time, we would go there at, when I was at university, and we'd go and play music and hang out, go in the hot springs and the Paiutes the Reservation. Sacred ground. Really sacred ground, an amazing place to be, and very, very fortunate to be allowed by the Paiutes at the time to go mm-hmm. and uh, take witness to this amazing place. So we'd go in the hot springs, go in the water. So we spent the day out, and I was um, there with a friend and spending the day and on the drive back a plane buzzed our car it uh, um, took a round trip around Pyramid Lake and on its way back came up behind us and it sent our car my Volkswagen she was driving my Volkswagen bug at the time yeah. and we rolled and skidded at about 365 feet yeah so and I had a brain trauma and she had a pretty much broken completely broken left side of her body so this was in 1973 wow and I had a, a closed head trauma TBI and from that began to have seizures seizure activity and went through a plethora of medicines at the time interesting how science is right sure. because what's true like with most human beings as well and and our uh, our mean uh, the meaning of which to capture you know to the wonder of trying to attempting to define what we do not know mm-hmm. uh, but at the time what science had pronounced as true was that the brain did not heal there was no neuroplasticity uh, and so people like myself were often committed to institutions because it was a brain trauma mm-hmm. not necessarily mental illness but it had to do with the brain, and, so. and at the time they thought you couldn't, you wouldn't heal. Right, and that was the that was the sentence. So, I was rather desperate, quite desperate, and tried many different things. And my ex-husband Mike, um, who was also the co-founder of Wham, Mike Corral, mm-hmm. um, had uh, read in a medical journal that cannabis could be marijuana 
<laughs> which, what it was called, sure. um, could be um, utilized or used, successfully used to treat laboratory-induced seizures in mice. It was pretty interesting. This was during the Nixon administration, and any uh, findings that did not substantiate the harms caused yeah. by cannabis medicines or cannabis at all were not were buried not b- completely buried more ignored out, but, but it was pushed away and all of the further studies were quelled uh, but not in the meantime the ind was happening the investigational new drug program and mm-hmm. so uh I, we decided to use it but it wasn't you know it wasn't the only thing that i did i i think i've come quite uh become quite uh, aware that there is no panacea. There is no single thing yeah. that serves to completely heal. The body wants to heal. The, it's the it's the desire of every cell to thrive and to live, and the desire of unhealthy cells like cancer cells to die. But you know, they will go into that. But they turn off their their the. Um, Ability to um, replicate. It's an apoptosis, so they they shut down their their um, ability to die, which is really what they should do. Any malformed cell does that. But in any case, uh, over a period of time with cannabis use and a lot of different other things uh, changing my life, I was able to put those seizures behind me. You know, move on. Many interactions with. Uh, police, five of them, and then in 19, we always were able to walk away. Mm-hmm. And in 1992, um, there was a visit by our sheriffs, and it was zero tolerance. Hmm. The end of, you know, part yeah. of zero tolerance. Sure. And um, we were visited by our then, our now sheriff, but then we were both babies, novices. Um, uh, Jim Hart came, Jim Hart. but he was, you know, part of a team, and um, that was my first meeting with with the, the Santa Cruz Sheriff's Department where they did not let us go. And so that started this, uh, this part of the movement. It's been a long, there's a long history, and it did not start that day in that yard, but uh, it brought us to, uh, be, it brought me to the place to be able to be the first patient in the state of California to challenge the, no, the law and the necessity defense. It dates back to the Magna Carta, mm. it's common law doctrine, and one can utilize it. I thought that once having the case dismissed by Art Danner, who's now deceased, but he was a, he uh, dismissed the case and he told the sheriff then, who was Al Noran, to not arrest us again because we made a pronouncement, we're going to grow again. I did not really understand the parameters of the law. Uh, um, <coughs> excuse me, the, the, uh, this common law doctrine of necessity defense is, if you spell it out, is as though if one commits a crime but does so to prevent a greater harm, it indeed is not a crime. Like you steal a boat to save a drowning person, it's not, not a really crime. theft. But every time you steal a boat, you have to go back and prove that it's not a crime. But someone so, was drowning. Right. So yeah. we got arrested the next year and then... I see. And it, in the meantime, prop, uh, Measure A, which was the, to make uh, cannabis the lowest priority, uh, happened was coming about, and that was in 1992. It passed many... It was the oh, unfolding of this part of the movement and santa cruz was as it often is at the threshold of great change a lot of different things happened we got rearrested we got arrested in 2002 by the dea the city and county we gave away cannabis in the 
on the steps of City Hall. Yeah. Giving away cannabis in the steps of City Hall was to replicate one of our weekly meetings that we've been having for 22 years. Uh, we do a weekly meeting so that we people, so that it creates community. Yes. And we're really co- not a store. Yeah. We're not a co-op. We're really a community-based organization that serves seriously ill people because one can associate often uh, the disparity between wealth and 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 um, being able to afford health care yeah. if you're sick. Yeah, medical necessity. Uh, yeah, and the medical necessity grows. I mean, there's something that's um, called a medical bankruptcy, which many people who experience illness uh, find they sell. You know, they sell yeah. their their assets and um, they sell often their homes or they lose their homes. It's a, it's quite a I think the more that people understand the uh, profundity that what arises in one's life when one faces illness, and mm-hmm. I had a different, I, I had a different, I was integrated in, it was integrated into my life in a different way because I used it medically, moved away from town, had few bills, but I can see that if if uh, not being able to work, of course, and not being able to afford your mortgage or your insurance is profoundly devastating and when you have no income or little income or you're waiting with those years that it takes to get SSA um, which is social security of some sort um, disability insurance or the like it is has a profound impact on your life so our work is to awaken to keep ourselves awake to need to help people determine what is their best avenue of service, that way that we can serve them, and what is their the modality that will help to quell their suffering and, and perhaps even help them to heal themselves. I do not believe there's a panacea or yeah. a little magic button you can take. The little many magic buttons can help us turn on our consciousness. Mm-hmm. The healing is really a profoundly integrative experience. Um, we, our systems must become... Aligned, our awareness must be uh, engaged, and we are our own best healers. Hence, mm. the opportunity to engage in in the um, the practice of individualized or personalized uh, healthcare, because it's not that's the future of medicine. Yeah, they see. know they could pump people full of gemcitabine, but it, it's for, for for some kind of cancer treatment. It doesn't you can't, heal it. Yeah. It, it 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 kills a lot of things, but it is. And I'm not saying that any person should partic- particularly pick this path, that path, any path. Uh, uh, you know, it's abstract. You don't know what you're going to experience until you experience what you experience. All right. So, yeah. So my my long-winded answer is that. And um, beautiful. How'd I get here? Well, you invited me. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. Tonight, so it's great. You pretty much covered that whole packet of prep. <laughs> I just, <laughs> just kind of want to cut to the chase. So I, I love it. So let's talk about you know the integrative approach that Wham facilitates. I had the pleasure of visiting Wham today, and um, got to experience this sense of of community. And and I do want to. Just point out the intake intake process, and this mm-hmm. is a a really special component of the WAM experience and the WAM community. Maybe you could just, you know, describe to our audience what that is. Mm-hmm. And what, well, yeah. So we're not 
we're not on weed maps, though part of our board would like us to be, and I understand that move because to bring in help bring in revenue. Mm-hmm. Um, but we and no but and we our aim is to be able to assist people in creating a protocol. Our healthcare modality that will work for them to relieve suffering. So that's kind of the big umbrella. How do you relieve suffering? Well, I don't relieve suffering. Sure. I work on my own, like everybody works on their own. And what we do in our intake process, if somebody gets that far, which is generally the sickest people, it's not necessarily the poorest people, but it often does include those because they are turned away from, uh, places of business sure. for because they don't have the money it's to be clear yeah um and and oftentimes it's difficult to navigate a system when you're very sick there are many systems that one must navigate from insurance to to uh social security to their job their work their families their mortgage so the systems that the system that we've created is an interfacing a one-on-one interface with patients so we can assess both through medical records not i'm not a doctor i'm not a health i'm not a healthcare professional i'm i assist people in um, defining their needs and sometimes those needs include uh somebody picking up their child or picking up their prescription or or giving them a drive to an appointment or to wham or or to the garden to mm-hmm. the wheelchair accessible part of our garden there to the way that one removes helps to remove suffering is by being aware of what those obstacles or challenges are the only way one can find that out what the answer is is by listening to people so we engage in about an hour long or so discussion sometimes longer mm-hmm. sometimes people tell me that it's the first time anyone's listened to them in the years that they've had cancer um, we assess we we establish a protocol with the patient knowing that the p- patient's not just going to jump in and do what we say because we don't particularly design take take two and call me in the morning but we have milligram dosing yeah. regimen and then people they don't dive in you know as you age i used to be i used to dive cliff dive and it was so much fun but i don't do that so much anymore sure i more feel the water and that i'm i still may dive in but and i like that but the point being is that i gauge my interactions in a different way than I did before and I recognize when a person is very ill they're full you know everything that comes in fills 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 it to the they're taking in so much medicine information people in line every friend have you tried vitamin C have you done this have you done you know everyone has information that they want to give to somebody else about their process it can be helpful it can be disturbing. It can be overwhelming. Yeah. It can be part of the the um, methodology that will help heal. It can be many things, but it's not a single thing. So our work is to help them navigate and wade through some of these uh, treatments, um, 
I don't make decisions for people, but I offer, you know, have you the European mistletoe? There's, there's probiotics. There's, what are you doing? There are many other things. There are ways that you can utilize baking soda and molasses. Here, what's the stat? You know, what are the stats? What does Johns Hopkins say about European mistletoe and its effect on cancer cells? So we, we look to, um, an individual as a whole being and that they are in the masters becoming masters like we all are becoming masters in this life that's our job Mm -hmm. we're becoming masters of our own lives we think that there's a mastery that we have over knowledge or or a practical application of some way to do something or who other people might be because we're a little deluded and when i say we i mean me too Absolutely. The human condition, you know. Yeah. So we, what, how we accompany someone, it's kind of building the symphony, you know, you're building a kind of, of, um, you're taking a role, but you're building towards something that is an exquisite opportunity. Harmony. Yeah. In the perfect sense. Yeah. It's harmonious. Yeah. And, um, people will take add a little bit of THC you know I'm not of the mind you know just buckle up and do it what do I know what sure. somebody else should do I don't and everyone's and different everyone's chemistry is different yeah it's there's no bio uh, bio uh, identical human from one to another although there are traits sure. and there are genetic um, uh, similarities uh, uh, next there's a nexus of gen- genetic uh, identity but it is not the same so there's no way that I can say for one person to do something that the other per- another person should do. So we do never apply it. We never make our application that way. So that's kind of the big wham story. People spend time. Um, members trim. They clean. They help clean up the office. They come in. They sit. There's a place for people to be and sit. And we have a, our, our little lab, and we, we um, have a place where we can sit and meditate, do healing space, whatever that really is is whatever you make it yeah. um our numbers i think that when you know people uh come to know people you're more apt to be able to serve them better yeah. and so i have a different job i'm not i'm not in sales and, and i'm not i you know for me that's kind of i don't think it's a boring job i just think for me i would be bored sure but but you know some people People look at me and think, like, are you, you know, what are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah. Why would you do that? Or does that make any sense? It's just I do what I love, and I and I and I always do that. I do what I want, and I do what I love, and and that's why I do this. That's what I want to do. Um, I think, you know, there's a million opportunities. A billion. There are seven billion people on the planet. <laughs> we all think we're right, and there are many opportunities to do what we want. So. Why not do what you want? And why not be generous? Because, you know, you have more than you need of something. There's oh, yeah. always something you can share. I, and I, well, I want to point out, yeah, yeah the, the perspective of abundance and, and sharing in that generosity is um, maybe what people are looking for. You know, mm-hmm. they don't know it until, the, until it presents itself and they mm-hmm. have the opportunity to participate. Then they realize this is this is fulfilling. This is putting you know and the plant is a compassionate plant and it just gives it just gives and gives and gives Mm -hmm. and what we can do is try to be stewards of that generosity and pay it forward Mm -hmm. do the next indicated thing 
it's attractive and it's exquisite exquisite it's you know you know it's like it's passing the joint it's there's a, a way that when you do something, when you hoard, in, it, it kind of it's it's, uh, it's the snake eating its own tail. Mm. The hunger, there's no, you're never sated. Yes. You know, so um, when you share, you open the opportunity for to you open your hand and it fills. You know, it's just it's it's yummy. It's it's, 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 it's delicious. Great. Yeah. It's so great. People are, you know, not everybody is an extrovert. And not everybody wants to be in the group. But for instance, the other night, we, we you know, we spent, we have been meeting on Tuesday nights, Tuesdays expressly because it's, it's city council, board of supervisors night. So we, that's our political move. We, for 23 years, we've been meeting on Tuesday nights. So, um, so when we formed the, the group part of WAM, we, that's what we started doing. And so we have a Tuesday night meeting, which we've had, and people talk and we have, you know, we also have bingo and we also have, potluck and mm, try great. to eat good food and talk about the way food affects our bodies and how you know it, it, what's healing mind body consciousness what does that mean well i mean something different everybody yeah but but we talk about this so very people are going around the room what happens because we're low on medicine so but we're harvesting now but we were low we had a yeah. you know so what did that mean and and how do how does that impact people how yeah. do we make the shift from one type of medicine to another and how do you use the oils how do you take them what does it mean yeah. Can you do that? Blah, blah, blah. So um, we asked, going around the room, I found fascinating fact that one of our members was doing. And and um, the, the man, you know, I, the word homeless is just so not crazy because nobody, what are you born homeless? I mean, you know, it's this, but it's uh, one of our members who does not have a home sure. his own home his own key mm-hmm. but um he's an activist and a really remarkable human being and has come through great difficulties he said <clears throat> to the um well for five and a half months i just want everybody to know i'm completely off methadone for five and a half months i used the oils to uh, detox and i with nothing else and i'm completely free of methadone in five and a half months with terrific pain, he has a great deal of pain yeah. and, and injured. That is in a harm reduction concept. That is phenomenal. No other drugs off methadone because methadone is one of those icky uh, yeah. kind of cheap, dirty drugs that um, here we'll give you all you want. You don't get high, so we're okay with that. When really it can be abused and misused uh, sure. profoundly, yeah. and it doesn't. One has to think of what is the gift that we're giving to someone when we hand them something. So that is a, what he gave us. What he gave me was some really important data yeah. that we can utilize and help people withdraw from uh, the the methadone. Now, here's the thing: Do I, I don't think anybody should suffer, and whatever you use, and whatever you have, and whatever helps you through that, bless your heart. Yeah, you, you should be free to do and partake in what. In what it is that lessens your suffering in this life, mm-hmm. and also be given you know, knowledge, information with that. You know, a little package comes with a bit of knowledge. It's interesting. So I just think that we have so much to share, and when we're in community, we have the opportunity. When you look, you know, I would bet that there's rarely could someone look another human being in the eyes and then deny them access to relieving their suffering. Yeah. That's been my experience, and 
and I'm but I'm lucky, you know. So. Sure. Well, I, I want to just reaffirm that because I think just in fundamental, innate instincts of human in human existence, you know, the we have a universal need to protect youth and life, and you know, y- it doesn't go away as we grow. I think if anything, we we feel that empathy and we feel that common humanity. And, um, you know, that's what makes us human, and embracing that is very healthy. Right, right. I'm, I would agree with you. Yeah. That's that uh, yummy. We're going to take a quick break, and we're, we'll follow up with more conversation with Valerie. You're listening to The Cannabis Connection. Cannabis Connection is brought to you by Kind People's Collective. Quickly becoming a community epicenter for local art, culture, and cannabis, Kind People's Collective is creating a new standard for alternative medicine. The staff at Kind People's Collective provides professional and well-informed guidance to help patients understand how cannabis may best suit their needs. Come experience Santa Cruz's state-of-the-art facility located at 3600 Soquel Avenue at the corner of 17th Ave and Soquel Frontage Road. Please visit our website at kindpeoples.org. For all things cannabis-related, get informed, get relief. Needful Things Smoke Shop has the largest and most extensive selection of glassware, hookah, e-liquids, vaporizers, and accessories at prices that can't be beat. Featuring glass from Toro, Mobius, Luke Wilson, Hops, Boro Farm, Sheldon Black, and many more artists. Centrally located on the corner of Pacific and Maple next to Subway, open Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. and Sundays, noon to 6 p.m. Come on down and check us out and let us take care of all your smoking needs. Ever wonder why one strain makes you feel sleepy and relaxed and another one makes you feel energetic? Curious if that green cannabis was handled professionally and is free of mold and pesticides? How about that edible? Making sure you know exactly how much you have purchased and how much you are about to eat just makes sense, doesn't it? Today's solution to those questions is simple. Cannabis testing. For over five years, SC Labs has served the medical cannabis market to ensure product safety and transparency. At SC Laboratories, we provide the -the state-of-the-art third-party testing so that you know exactly what is in your medical cannabis. Look for the SC Labs logo on your local collective's products to know your medicine has been tested and visit sclabs.com to see public test results and to learn more about our services. Ease is the world's leading marijuana technology company that helps patients get a medical marijuana evaluation online for only $25 and a professional delivery in about 15 minutes. Patients can create an account online, meet a doctor on a live video chat, and request a delivery on demand, all from the comfort of their home. Try it now at easeup.com.
You're listening to the Cannabis Connection on KSCO AM 1080. I'm your host, Christopher Carr, here with Valerie Corral of Wham. We're going to segue into um, what are your ideas, hopes, goals for the public to gather from this conversation in regards to making a responsible, fair, and compassionate decision for the future of cannabis in California? Well, so <clears throat> that's... I only have less than half an hour. <laughs> so the big, first of all, legalization for adult use is just its massive harm reduction. It would free up our prisons. It would free up uh, parents to appropriately and properly take back their edu- their children's education and their their um, the, the kind of um, ways that we want our children to be in the world uh, without fears of repercussion and. Of, uh, retaliation, CPS coming in. It should be a national effort as it is. Um, adult use is strictly and that. It's you know the right of people to decide for themselves how they will behave culturally and um, what their values are. Because you know, it's, I don't. I'm not talking about morals. I'm talking about values. Mm-hmm. And values are their deeply uh, a part of who we are as human beings. Morals are more maybe perhaps imposed, but our values are those that we are somewhat even intuitively and deeply integrated. In. And morals can be too, of course. But yeah. The second thing, I mean, I see that there'll be legal medical marijuana. There'll mm-hmm. be cannabis and there'll be legal adult use cannabis yeah. and I hope that those way that those uh, move forward are with taxation that provides for the betterment of a community. I understand why uh, we live in a, a country that taxes everybody but the rich. So, super rich. <laughs> yeah, so, um, so I think that that's how taxation, t- you know, tithing, you know, when I was a kid I had the the collection basket would pass in front of me and I'd be like, oh, I want to keep that quarter. But I was six years old. Sure. You know, so at, at we're at a place where we understand it almost innately that no benefit comes without us promoting that benefit, uh, providing for that benefit, and giving up a little bit of our greed so that we can build a world in which not only we want to live, but the world in which we want to die. The kind of legacy, it's not a legacy that I leave or somebody, dude, gal, whatever, sure. anywhere leaves, but the legacy of being human and and how we enrich a future that's untold, but what's the story that we want it to say? What is that? Mm-hmm. So my... My hope is that there'll be some subsidies that come down from these to benefit those who are are really ill, who have not prospered from Proposition 215. Mm-hmm. The, I think the last time we used Compassionate Use Act, the last time we said the word compassion is the November 7th, 1996, when it passed. Boom. Everybody was like, yeah, yeah, compassion. But is it? And yeah. And how responsible am I to the world that I live in? And to the people with whom I share every breath, this is this is a, a one world that we live on, and it's quickly becoming devoured. Yeah. Now, I think that it is our duty, our civic duty, and 
to be philanthropists. But if you don't feel so good about philanthropy and you're not very generous, may you know, take a little subsidy and consi- from our riches and our wealth and provide for the benefit of others. And I think it, it will help us to be philanthropic. However it needs to happen, I, I don't mind. Um, the other piece, and this is a very important part, is, is the way we talk about the plant. Yes. As though, right? It's the plant, and we must free the plant. And But there's um, a disconnection between our ownership, our uh, illusion that we are the... Um, that that we are the makers of these mm. strains. We are not the makers of strains. Nature is the maker of strains. As a matter of fact, we are part of nature. And if yeah. anything, we have uh, over the the thousands of years that we have evolved. Not there's an endocannabinoid system, but there are many systems for which we don't even have no words to describe because everything we take in, we take part of, and and. Uh, it nourishes us or it toxifies us. So what is our responsibility to nature but to listen to it, to her? Yeah. And I believe that we have, just as the way that I felt necessary to create WAM as a service organization, I feel it necessary to speak to the threats that are on, we are on the cusp of great threat. Yeah. Um, we talk about Monsanto, you know, want to take over, and they're going to come, going to come in, and they're going to genetically modify. Not going to, they are genetically been. modifying. Not quinoa, take quinoa, take cannabis, for instance. It's already happening. So, what does that what does that mean? What, it means that we have to protect nature it is we have taken over every aspect of this planet but it's our duty in in our accumulation of wealth and of our possession and our relationship our possession of and our relationship to nature mm. to provide protection f- from our own greed and an insidious behavior of c- corporations that want us to want to own everything we eat. So my feeling is that the way that legislation moves forward is around cannabis will dictate the way that it moves forward around all plants and herbs. Four times in the last 25 years, there have been efforts on behalf of the FDA to remove plant from and herbs from uh, health food stores and put them under the, the rule of the FDA. Now, do we need, you know, oh, yeah, because there are some plants that they aren't really what they say they are. They have, you know, they're, they're tested. But but we have to think that, we have to think about it. A whole plant is in and of itself complete. It does not need us to tell it how to be a plant. No. Because it already knows how to be a plant. Now, we can um, utilize the components and um, breed for specific benefits but when and and traits of the varietals but when you think about it what person goes into their grow room or you know their garden we use a little we use a little paintbrush to pollinate but i don't make pollen no nobody makes pollen but plants plants make their own pollen and we do not own them 
And so when I, what do I think about this? Well, I think that we should put our genetics, we should flood the market, the, the public domain with open sourcing. And why would we do that? Because if we do not open source, somebody somewhere thinks, oh, I made this plant. Well, really, you didn't make this plant. But okay, so you think you made this plant. But Use the paintbrush. Yeah. Good for you. You're a plant maker. You're like you grew this from your what? Your cells? So even if you do take you 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 take the um, uh, 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 take cells and grow the plant a plant you are still not the maker you have to rely on the nat- very nature of the plant itself. Yeah. So if we put plants as many hundreds of thousands of varietals into the public domain, we will conceivably prevent the takeover of Monsanto. It is, a, it is a revolutionary act that is absolutely, in my opinion, my little one in seven billionth opinion, as necessary to prevent the insidious behavior mm-hmm. of Monsanto. Now, George Soros has been supporting us. I'm, not just, I'm just saying his name because I think, yes, he's a philanthropist. But he's been supporting this movement since the, the 90s, get, ni- Prop 1996, Prop 215. But he also has 500,000 shares in Monsanto. Yeah. It's a, not a bad idea to be in at the beginning yeah. of this whole movement yeah. because he's been in it as long as I have. Sure. So... Is 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 he doing a bad thing? I think that we are so complex sure. that we often do not understand the potential of what we are of, and the capacity that we have for creating more harm than good because we are, look only to our own pockets, mm-hmm. to our own process of accumulation, yeah. and because we think we know. Well, again, there are five, there are seven billion people on the planet and everybody thinks they're right everybody knows well that's a lot of right i never met one person that came up and said yeah i'm absolutely wrong about yeah nice to meet you we don't do that we believe in our righteousness sure but if we take our own personal uh um remove greed from the equation and what do we have and i'm not saying everybody's greedy and they're bad i don't mean that i i just say i'm I can be greedy too. I can sure. I eat more sometimes than I need to or Yeah. You know, I, I I think that one of the most revolutionary things we could do is to undermine our um the this insidious move by doing exactly the opposite of what they are doing. People you know, you say, Well, we have to beat them at their own game by engaging in it. Really? No. I mean, you know, I think Gandhi and Martin Luther King would have something different to say about that. Mm-hmm. Mother Teresa and all those dudes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I Mother wouldn't Teresa see that. Yeah, I wouldn't see them going to talk to George Soros and seeing how, you know, and this goes back to your human legacy point, which you, you, you work for yourself, you make the millions, and then you die. And then mm-hmm. what, what legacy did you, I mean, Monsanto carries on, and then, and then consequently, we we poison nature to the point of no return or is the plant stewarding us and hoping that someday we awaken and realize our true unity that by hurting the plant and hurting our hurting nature we're hurting that human legacy mm-hmm. and that 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 this legacy is within and without us and that our time here is precious and that the plant 
is a great example of what we can do, and that is give, share, grow, thrive. Right. My friend Alex says that, and that there's uh, this plant is so greatly wise that it will enlighten everybody that partakes in it. And I trust that that's at least in part true, and that there's great wisdom in nature. And um, we are listening to the ancients, the scholars of antiquity, the real scholars of the ancient text, those who lived it and whose whose cultures speak it and whose wisdom is in oral traditions. Mm. And as we listen to those, we also notice and see what not only what it is that they tell us, but how we can gain and be affected by that that truth, their truths, that there is in nature a consciousness in every part of nature that we can affect us all. And all plants, all nature is sacred. And it's our job to, it nourishes us. It's our job to protect it. So in this next chapter of of this journey, what what advice I feel like there's a lot of people looking to do something, um, fight apathy. How do you, what advice from your experience with contributing to Prop 215? And now we're in this time and situation where, you know, there's some opportunity to have a say. What worked in 96 that we can learn from and maybe apply, you know, today moving forward? Um, or share with our listeners, you know, what you, you've lived it. And we're all curious how we can participate in a positive way. Um, and it's daunting. There's a lot of people with a lot of money and a lot of leverage. And what we can do, though, is mobilize. And how, how do we go about that? That's It's so important. And it's a great question because it's... it's uh, in, it's in each one of us. We wonder, like, what can I do? And I don't say everybody walks around feeling helpless. We just, it's the power of one and the power of many united. That's one of the reasons that WHAM worked is because when we were arrested by the DEA, it yeah. wasn't my garden and Mike's garden. It was WHAM's garden. Yeah. And everybody felt as though they had been attacked, that they had been deceived, and that they had been oppressed. And so it was a powerful response because when something belongs to everyone or when it belongs to you and you put your name on it, you have are vest, invested in the outcome. So I think what's important is to... What I would like to see come out of these initiatives is that this, the true collective is sanctioned, is protected. Because there will always be people who cannot access. What I fear will, may happen, and, and if I have anything to do about with it, it won't. Not, well, not just me, but you know, I'm not us. The, yeah. We have anything to do about it. Yeah. It won't. Um, is that I fear that with all the motivation for people to, to 
the new gold rush, the new green rush, sure. what they can get and, and acquire, that we forget whose back we built this movement on. Yeah. We forget those people in prison. We forget those people in graves. We yeah. forget those people silenced by their illnesses. We forget those people in rest homes. We forget mm-hmm. the aging. We forget the suffering of humankind. And we push it aside because we have a bigger agenda. But I promise that agenda is temporal. Yeah. At best, if you're rich... You can buy a good nurse. But, you know, she still had to gonna die. to your bedside. You're still going to die. Yeah. And, you know, you want to do a good job. So I think what we can do as, as a collective consciousness, that thing that changes within us, that awakens within us something profound and, and exciting and that makes us want more to drink that nectar, not, not of desire no. and not of, um, of of uh, of addiction, but the the nature of longing, that we the deep profound nature, mm. we all have that we join together to recognize that what we have to share is far greater than all the riches and all the money and all that everybody can buy from whatever venture capitalist proposal they have that they need. We tell them. You need to turn some of your riches into grace. You need to share because whatever it is that you have will never be enough. It's not about accumulation. It's about how you provide for the planet you live on and for the people that you share it with and the nature of all things. It's pretty simple. If we Oh, if we can carve out a place for serving everyone that's sick, people that are really sick, trust me, they, you know, people with bags and cancer, I mean, their breasts cut off and, you know, mastectomies and, mm-hmm. and hysterectomies and losing limbs and all the things that happen, the illnesses, it's, it's not comfortable no. to be in a place where you are not seen. How do we serve one another? That's our question. How do we do that? And I, and I think it's in our daily interaction and in our practice and demanding. We're looking at these legislation that's coming forward. Yeah. Who's going to read that? You know, I've got piles of papers. And I look at it and I go, okay, it's legalese. And where are the protections? Uh, they're really not there. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Because we've come this far, but nobody's really, I think, well, that's not true. There are many people asking, how do I serve? I look at, at, you know, younger people than me, and I am so um, hopeful and enamored and excited about a future that is so possible and so profoundly um, it's ele- there's an elegance in the way that we are redefining how we serve nature, how we are creating um, not sustainability, regenerative mm-hmm. environments where we, we don't want to sustain this mess. We want to regenerate it. We want to enrich it. We want to enliven it. We want it to be brand new. Yeah. My friend Laura Huxley, when she was dying, she was 96 and just ex- absolutely one of the most exquisite women. Um, she said when she was dying, she was two days before she sat up in her bed and she's all dressed in this exquisite 
mm-hmm. cut silk and velvet, she oh, says wow. to me. Emptiness, emptiness, emptiness. It's all brand new. Wow. Yeah. So we have an opportunity to see what is brand new in what looks like something old. The old paradigm is get out there, suck up as much as you can, take in all that you can, do another big fat rail, do another, another drink as much, eat as much, get as much money, drive the biggest car. But we're not happy with that. And we know that we're not happy with that. We already get that. We already know it. We've seen it. This generation knows. Mm-hmm. And this is the generation that will create the next generation that creates the next generation that is the creation that we have something to do with you want to patent your baby you want to own your child go ahead and have one and see how well that works so can you really patent something that you didn't even make yeah i think it's really bogus but that's me that's what i think sure you know it's it's interesting it's great for the sake of of argument and fun discourse. Absolutely. It's really good good topic. It is. Anyway. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> right? No, it is. Yeah. No, uh, it's hard to it's hard to compete with nature when she's the ultimate teacher and um it, like you said there's just this sense of uh disconnect and we can just try to you know regenerate in the emptiness mm. uh, yeah nature's all over us man <laughs> yeah <laughs> totally. it's, it's, like, it's running through us yeah and it's beautiful too just to to rediscover you know our own in you know endocannabinoid system and all of this science to back it but it just reaffirms that that the truth that we are from this planet we are this planet there's no disconnect mm-hmm. and re-establishing that connection is something that we can achieve through each other through the humanity through the community but also by stewarding the plant and seeing the plant as a connection to us to nature well without santa cruz labs doing the lab work for us and without this the generosity of these beautiful um, oil makers that who yeah. do our extractions um and their the quality of their work it's really amazing. we would not be able to offer the kind of methodical and practical application of the medicines that we do provide for our members so there is every reason to applaud science because really, you know, what was it that Einstein yeah, right. said? You know, sure. Einstein said that, um, how does it how I'm paraphrasing that I want God to, to, I want science to be, the questions of science to be answered by God. So it's something like okay. that, you know. But, you know, what does that mean? I'm probably, I just brutalize that quote. Okay. So, I'm sure Einstein will forgive you. I, uh, you know, he's right. growing in a tree right now or <laughs> in the garden. Einstein, I'm not. Yeah. No, it's true. No, and it's a, it's. I feel like one thing I just want to articulate is your work in the community at WAM is an inspiration, and I can speak for myself, but it's an inspiration of what can be. Um, and it's it's healthy it's it's hopeful and it's i think it's really important for anyone that has the opportunity to research wham to visit and to connect um because before we vote 
a year from now and before we really get involved with whatever initiative does surface as the leading, you know, um, contender, it's important to try to soul search a little bit and establish what is important for us moving forward um, and how do we take care of those that don't have a voice and, and that need us to help and with and with with abundance comes responsibility mm. and you know i appeal i i don't know if anyone with such abundance is listening but it'd be really nice to start seeing some some action and some participation because i think we that's what we need is uh, is the spark to bring us together and once we're together we're strong mm. and everybody has we're abundant Everyone is abundant in something. Everybody mm-hmm. has something to give. That's really what makes our little collective work. Sure. Is the recognition, that recognition that everybody does yeah. give. And, and, and every, you know, not everybody does. And some people don't want to. Well, that's their form of giving. <laughs> <laughs> that's wild. Sure. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't last you your whole life, although it may take you to the portal of death. Mm-hmm. But nothing lasts you your whole life. What travels with you is your integrity, the way you engage with your own existence. And the, you know, the, the love that you share with others is the thing that sticks around after you're gone. Because yeah. people remember that and they feel it. But, but, you know, it's, it's a good thing to not live forever because cause sure. there are too many people, but, but also imagine the, the, Need. I mean, we're just a bunch of needy little babies, and we totally. could you imagine? <laughs> so, <laughs> so good practice, good sharing, good good goodness to one another. Absolutely. You know, that's that's my. I mean, I run a very compared to what's happening now. You know, Wham used to be the only game in town, but but um, what what's happening now? It's very different, and I'm glad that there's so many so much uh, capability for people to drop in and get what they want. Yeah. And that we have been able to thrive and based on a completely and utterly unique and different model. Yeah. It, I think that it is the model, the wave of the future. Yeah. The small collectives yes. in every community that have their fingers, our fingers, on the pulse of our community. And the, the needs need of the people. Is the answer to the future. Well, thank you so much, Valerie. I appreciate Thanks for inviting me. So appreciate it. All right. Well, we'll stay in touch. And thank you for listening to The Cannabis Connection. Tune in next week. Have a great night, Santa Cruz. KSCO, Santa Cruz.